the Philadelphia Eagles gave Jalen Hurts a big time contract extension. How does that impact their draft? What positions of need do they need to address? And is wide receiver one of them? We'll discuss it next on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. You are locked on NFL Draft, your daily podcast covering the NFL Draft. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up, family? Welcome back to the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, your daily podcast covering your favorite draft prospects, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your boy, Damian Parson, always on the ones and twos. You can find me on Twitter at DP underscore NFL. I'm a national scout with the Draft Network and your favorite and local running back guru. And as always, I got my boy, Keith Sanchez, Mr. LSU with me at all times. You know, you can find him on Twitter at The Talent Code. Keep talking to him, baby. What's going on, Locked On family? This is Keith Sanchez, Senior Draft Analyst with the Draft Network in 2019, National Champ. Yes, those LSU Tigers, man. But DP, you know why we're here, man. We're here to bring the listeners championship content surrounding the NFL draft, prospects, philosophies, roster management. DP, that keyword, roster management. You want to know why? Because the Philadelphia Eagles paid Jalen Hurts, man. So now you have to manage that roster. DP, I want to get some key takeaways from you on how you feel about, you know, the what the Eagles front office did paying Jalen Hurts and how do they have to maneuver uh, through this draft, the next couple drafts, and, you know, maybe what positions, DP, that you can sacrifice maybe on a football field not being able to pay premium dollars. No, nah, Keith, 100%, man. When I saw the news, I made sure I called you immediately. As soon as I saw the, 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 the report, I said, man, we got to talk about this today because five years, 255 mil, I'm looking at here, and I believe it's 179.3 million in guarantees, Keith. And for me, it's a, a team understanding the assignment. You want to get ahead of the curve, Keith. So that that you know that was one of my biggest takeaways that the Philadelphia Eagles understood Joe Burrow, Lamar Jackson, and Justin Herbert are all sitting there waiting on new deals. What you don't want to be if you're the Philadelphia Eagles is the fourth person or the fourth team on that list to be the last one to give uh, their guy the contract. They said, no, I'm going to set the standard, give Jalen Hurts his deal. And it's also a, a, a good faith move understanding, man, Jalen Hurts, you've improved so much since coming into the league. We view you as a franchise quarterback. And Keith, you know our slogan, actions speak louder than words. So it's like you could tell Jalen Hurts that to his face, but good, does the money match up? And I think getting almost $180 million guaranteed, I think that does. That, that, that was really the big takeaway for me, Keith, is that this team understood they have a franchise quarterback. They didn't just say it to the media, say it to the fans, or say it to the quarterback himself. They went ahead and paid him as well. Yeah, I, I appreciated the precision, right? Like this wasn't one of those things where there was, you know, Adam Schefter and Phil Yates, and there's no knock to those guys. I'm just talking about how they went about the business, right? Like the Philadelphia Eagles sat down with his agent, Nicole Lynn, right, who's one of the best agents um, in an entire the football, just sports industry, period. And they got the job done, right? Like, let's just figure out these numbers. Let's not put stuff in the media. We don't have time to go back and forth. It was really precise, and it was the exact opposite of the Lamar Jackson situation, right? Like the polar opposite. It was, we have good faith in you. And I, I thought about it from that perspective, DP, that Jalen Hurts, this is his 
second year being a starter, right? Because mm-hmm. the first year, you know, he played solid again, right? That was before they had A.J. Brown. They went to the playoffs, got boat raced by the Tampa Bay Bucks. Then this year, this is when they made it to the Super Bowl. Now, my question is this. Like, I'm looking at it from a perspective of, like you said, because we talk somewhat roster management and just, you know, philosophies, right? Why was the Philadelphia Eagles front office way more comfortable with throwing Jalen Hurts or giving Jalen Hurts his earned money. Let me let me rephrase that, right? Giving Jalen Hurts his earned money versus the Baltimore Ravens front office, and it still has to be a lot of back and forth, and Lamar Jackson has played at a higher level for a longer period of time. So when I – like, you can't help but think of Lamar Jackson when you hit a Jalen Hurts contract, right? So that, that's, that was the, the thought that I had. No, and that's a good thought – to have Keith, because it's like, well, what's the holdup, Baltimore? This guy was a young MVP for your team. He's improved every year. Yes, the past two seasons, he got he's been hurt, but he got hurt in the pocket, not as a runner. He got hurt standing in the pocket as people want him to do and be a pocket quarterback, right? So he got hurt being traditionally in the spot that the Tom Tom Brady got hurt in the pocket. He got torn the ACL in the pocket. He didn't move. He didn't run. He just got hit hit low, right? We've seen quarterbacks get hurt in the pocket before so like Baltimore for me is just guys like you look at Philly Keith and I think to to your to your thought Philly just understands like man look at the history we've had Donovan McNabb we've had Michael Vick right they have Kevin I think Kevin Cobb at one point they you know went you know uh who was uh Carson Wentz and then going from Carson Wentz to Jalen Hurts for one that was a change in the locker room Right, like from talking to people that, that that's been in that locker room, it wasn't a very kosher situation with Carson Wentz was there, and like Jalen Hurts comes in as a natural leader, Keith brings everything to the table, and it's like okay, I want to pay this guy. Not only that, but then he improved his pay. So the Baltimore Ravens just they just dropped fumbled the bag on this, Keith. Yeah, I wonder if this signals too, because you know obviously it's the draft podcast, right? And we're talking draft. Mm-hmm. Does this signal and, and bode well for Anthony Richardson and next level, right, Hendon Hooker? Like, that's a, like, you know, because we talk about two quarterbacks and Anthony Richardson and Hendon Hooker, people talked about accuracy issues, mechan- whether it's upper body mechanics and lower body mechanics, right? And then mm-hmm. now you've seen a guy like Jalen Hurts into the NFL, have success in the NFL, and ultimately get paid, right, to be their franchise guy. So I wonder if the NFL is signaling to us that, man, these guys have more of a chance than ever, right? You're talking about Anthony Richardson, Hendon Hooker, and, you know, the couple more dual threatish type quarterbacks in this draft, but those are the two most polarizing. Like, I mean, even Will Levis, Storm Will Levis yeah. name in there, right? Like, just guys that they passing game-wise is not all the way there, but we do believe in these guys, and we believe that if we develop them, get the job done, we're willing to invest a lot of resources into them. 100%. I think that's the point right there, Keith, is just being willing to help develop these young men into what they could become. Not so much drafting them for what they are coming out. I, I, Keith, I've said this to you. Shout out to our boy, our boy Ray Garvin with De- Destination Devi. I, you know, and he knows I was not a big fan of Jalen Hurts coming out of, out of Oklahoma and Alabama. Right. But one thing I, I, I've learned throughout time is that there's a path for success for every draft prospect. 
It's all about the team to put them on that path and the player working his way up that ladder. And Jalen Hurts with his work ethic and everything else. Yes, he and we talked about in our very first episode taking over this show back on February 13th, right after the Super Bowl, that he is the poster child. It's not Josh Allen no more, right? Because Josh Allen is such an anomaly in terms of height, weight, speed, athlete, all that type of stuff. People looked at him as like, you can't use him as a cop anymore. Jalen Hurts is the cop that you can use for the Hinder Hookers, the Will Levises, the Anthony Richards, these toolsy, kind of raw quarterbacks that have everything in terms of the physical tool set uh, and physical attributes. You just got to get them there in terms of consistency. And, man, I'm just happy for I'm happy for Jalen Hurts. I'm happy for the Eagles. Now, Keith, like, you know, this, this is going to impact their draft. It has to. Yeah, no, it, it definitely will, man. It definitely will. I think there's some premium positions because this is a team that was – I don't say active this offseason in free agency period, but they did a lot of re-signing, right? Like, we thought Darius Slay was leaving. They brought Darius Slay back. They brought um, James Bradbury back. They lost um, Chauncey Gardner-Johnson to the Detroit mm-hmm. Lions, even though there were rumors that they were willing to pay more money, right? There was more money out there from the Philadelphia Eagles. It's just that Chauncey Gardner-Johnson wanted to go back to play with the, the basically the DB coach, Aaron Glenn, who is the defensive coordinator at the Detroit Lions now. So that's why he took that. So they seem to be willing to spend money. But DP, we know that. Guess what, man? Some of that money is now going to jail and hurts pocket. So coming up next, man, we're going to discuss, we're going to talk about maybe some of the positions because the, the Philadelphia Eagles have two first round picks, right? And I believe they have a second round pick and they have a third round pick, right? So that, that's four should be in the top 100. We're going to talk about how they should possibly allocate some of those resources so that way you know they could potentially because they're going to lose some guys right they're not going to be able to pay everybody that's just how the nfl is structured so we're going to talk about maybe some key positions to address um for this philadelphia eagles roster and that they should draft in this upcoming 2023 nfl draft coming up next Grand slams, no hitters, and double plays are back. And there's no better place to get in on the MLB action than FanDuel, America's number one sports book. That's because right now, new customers get can step up to the plate with a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. Just go to FanDuel.com slash locked on, sign up, place your first bet, and get up to $1,000 back in bonus bets if you don't win. I'm telling you right now, you can make your opening day weekend type of picks. Aaron Judge to pick up where he left off with the home run pitcher you know a pitcher going over on the strikeouts you name it they have it so don't miss your chance to get a no sweat first bet up to one thousand dollars when you join FanDuel today just go to FanDuel.com slash locked on to sign up FanDuel official partner of Major League Baseball Keith the 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 draft implications of this contract are big right because anytime you pay your quarterback you have to you're not going it's going to handicap you in in a way where you can't go out and be you know, you just can't go to the mall and buy whatever pair of sneakers you want. You gotta be a little, you gotta be a little more more calculated with it. But it puts more onus on the scouting department, Keith. So that's you know, this team has two first round picks. Like I said, a second. What are some of the draft fits and needs for this team? Because they're gonna have to nail some of these draft picks once this money start starts really coming in and hitting in from this contract. Yeah. So DP, we've been on opposite sides of this, right? With the oh boy. No, but let, let me finish. Let me finish. Let, let me finish. Let me finish. <laughs> of the, the Bijan Robinson conversation, mm-hmm. right? And I've been all about taking them with the number 10 pick, right? And that was because this roster, I feel like it's a, a, a really good roster. And I feel like the 
addition of Bijan Robinson just takes it over the top offensively. You figure out what you want to do with it, right? Facts. Look, looking at this, and I, I think that's still true. That remains true. But I'm look I'm looking at a player like edge rusher Miles Murphy from Clemson, right? If he's sitting there at number ten, that's one guy I would. And you know, it's not many. You know, Bijan is extremely high on the way I view these prospects. But that's one guy I think I still go with because I'm looking at this edge rusher group. You have Brandon Graham, who's getting you know getting up there in age, right? You have Fletcher Cox, who's obviously a defensive tackle, but still, right? He contributes to this defensive line. And then you have Josh Sweat. And then you also have Hassan Reddick, who, you know, they put him in the right situations. But I look at Brandon Graham, and I'm like, you know what? This guy's getting older. I don't, I don't want to have to continue to pay an older guy. I'd rather him play one year with Miles Murphy and then make the transition. So I'm saying this, that I think they should go after Miles Murphy. Um, and if they decide to get B.J. Robinson, if they could get him in a second round, I mean, in the, uh, with their second first round pick, I'm perfectly fine with that. And then I'm looking, continue to look at positions. Linebacker is a situation they have Nicobe Dean, Hassan Reddick, and I think Nicholas Morrow, who they signed free agency, I believe. Um, but they lost, um, who did they lose? They lost the linebacker to uh, Chicago. TJ Edwards, I believe. Edwards. Was, yeah. They lost TJ Edwards, right? And, and so you maybe want to address that linebacker position, but you don't have to address that to the second, third round because I don't, I don't foresee any linebackers going in the first round in this draft. Safety, this is a tough safety class also, right? Like, I don't see them addressing the safety position in the first round. But if you can get a guy like Jordan Battle, that's a name that continues to just kind of fly under the radar. And I think he's just a solid starter. I think this guy can play football. I think he's a solid starter. I think if they can grab him somewhere in the maybe trade or, you know, maneuver the draft board to draft Jordan Battle back into the second round, early third round, I think this guy's a starter in the NFL, like, immediately as a, as a rookie. No, I, I like those names, Keith, and I'm glad you brought up safety because of the fact that losing a, a Chauncey Gardner-Johnson, a guy that was making interceptions and big plays and the attitude he brought to that defense, and Jordan Battle's an interesting name because a lot of people love Brian Branch, but the year prior, Jordan Battle was kind of playing Brian Branch's role. You yeah, know what I mean? more first-round guy, right? Like everybody looked at him as the first-round guy. And Nick Saban them said, nah, I need you in the back end, and everybody's like, I don't even know who Jordan Battle is anymore. You know what I mean? They just completely forgot the guy existed. So I think that that's a really good good name to bring up Keith I'm gonna tell you man this this I, I Keith I, I've, I've been feeling this way for a while with them sitting at 10 with with a lot of smoke around Jalen Carter I feel like teams in the top nine have to be smart about this like because what you don't want is to for him to fall at 10 and you now give you know that that the Philadelphia Eagles Jalen Carter at the 10th pick to pair up with that defensive line that they have, Fletcher, that rotation, losing Javon Hargrave was a big loss, Keith, but being able to put Jalen Carter in that position, now you pair him back up with Jordan Davis and the Kobe Dean, right? But also, like you said, I love the Miles Murphy uh, addition because they do need to address Ed. Brandon Graham, I believe, is on the like, last year of his deal. Like He's, he's not going to be there much longer. So you want to go ahead and get another edge defender um, to, to, to put to this team. And, and really, again, it's going to be more of a, uh, situation where he's like he's just kind of rotating in. They're not gonna they may not start him, you know, off the rip. But at least you got a guy with high traits and tools and skills, Keith. But I want to bring up another position: wide receiver. You know what I mean? And, and not so much that early, not that early, but more so. You know, you think about second round, Keith. 
Quez Watkins is uh to me he's a specialist. He's a deep ball specialist, explosive, fast guy, but not someone that runs a lot of great routes. And you know, <clears throat> you saw in the Super Bowl like he didn't track the ball well, which probably would have ended up in a touchdown or just a big play. Uh, you know, what I mean, on, on that deep pass from. Jalen Hurts. So I think looking at the the, the receiver position, he's a, as a wide receiver three potential two. Because at the end of the day, we know when this money kicks in, you already signed AJ Brown, right? I think they paid Hassan Reddick, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You might be in the situation where Devonta Smith is up for a deal, and you can't afford to pay him the money that the Slim Reaper is going to require, Keith. So if that turns out to be the case, you might want to go ahead and invest on day two. In a, in my opinion, because they have the 60-second pick in the draft, they have four picks in the top 100. That's crazy enough. Super Bowl team with four picks in the top 100 that you can get a Marvin Mims, right, a Josh Downs potentially, right? You look at those type of guys and you add another receiver to this receiver core or tight end, but I definitely think, and you know, our guy, Jameer Gibbs, if you get him at the back end of the first round, him or Bijan, I'm not mad at it, but they definitely the focus on that D-line. Keith, what, what about corner real quick? Do you think corner, you brought back Bradbury, they still have Slay? Yeah, I, I think they should address the cornerback position because both of these guys, well, Bradbury, I feel as though that contract was a little more easier, right? I think it was mm-hmm. mutually, you know, like, hey, we want to come back. I think Darius Slay, from what it appeared, that it was a little bit of a, a little tussle, right? Where, it was, you know, they had to have some kind of tug of war, a little tug of war. A, it wasn't one of those situations like they say, man, what's understood don't have to be explained. <laughs> they had to explain some stuff, you know what I'm saying, on both sides, right? So I think that you go, man, this is a deep cornerback draft, cornerback class. So you do potentially look at corner. You can find one, you know, in the, the back end of the second round, third round, something like that, right? But I want to go back to your point, DP, about the wide receivers. Um, One guy that I think would thrive in this offense, man, would be Michigan State's Jaden Reed. When you're talking like about that. a high-level – two like three to two ish you know what i'm saying like he, mm-hmm. he walks that line and i think what happens is this that you allow the transition to happen and you put him on the field you see if he's good enough to be your number two so then now you just have to make the decision between Devontae smith aj brown whatever that may be right but if you can't afford to pay all three of those guys then pay them but you put Jaden reed because there, there is a real skill set there we've seen it live and in person right dp there's a real skill set there and potential for him being a number two, but I like his, you know, where he comes in as a number three, learn the NFL game, and then maybe you're not as pressed to have to play somebody. So there is, listen, this this Philadelphia Eagles roster is still filled out, right? But we know looking future-wise, this is the, like, you want to nail on your draft picks. When you spend money and you have to pay the, the guys that you, you, you know, that you drafted, like a Jalen Hurts, things like that. You want to nail on your next year's draft class. So that way, when you don't, when you can't pay some people, you already have the talent to come. You feel completely comfortable with letting those guys go, man. So I think the Philadelphia Eagles, they're still in a good spot paying Jalen Hurts, giving him his money. Um, I think it's a good decision. I think it it kind of sets the tone going into next year, right? Like we're focused. We're focused on next year. We're focused on winning games with DP, man. Focused on winning games, man. DP, we have one of our favorite segments coming up. Well, you know, the Philadelphia Eagles just had a little pressure on them. You know what I'm saying? But ain't no mm-hmm. pressure like names dudes pressure, baby. Where I get to throw rapid fire, hit you with some curveballs, throw some names at you to see if they're a dames dude or they not. We finally get to see. And you know what, DP? This is the cornerback edition, man. A lot of talk about corners in this class. We're going to see what Dame is with some of these cornerbacks in this class. Coming up next, the dames dude segment.
Keith, it's, it's time, man. It's time for one of the best segments in the world right now. Dames, dudes, talk to me. You said cornerbacks. You know we both love DBs, so what you got for me? DP, you know me, man. You know I start at the top, man. We go to All the top, right. able to make you stand on it. Because we, we had a brief conversation off-air, right? But you know me, I like to take those off-air conversations and put them on the air for, for the Lockdown family, man. Joey Porter Jr., DP. Mm-hmm. Joey Porter Jr., DP, is he a dames dude or not? Let's talk about it. Joey Porter Jr. from Penn State is a dames dude. He don't get it twisted. He still frustrates me. He still frustrates me with his technique, Keith. Uh, he's still raw in a lot of a lot of, a lot of ways, but he has everything you can't teach. 6'3", 6'4", 34, almost thirty five inch arms, right? Athletic. Uh, you know, it's everything else I can teach the young man. I can get him with o- OD, my boy Oliver Davis, get him out there with him and have him, which he, in fact, he's actually working with Oliver Davis right now. That's J.C. Horn. He's trade J.C. Horn, Jalen Ramsey, all those guys. So I, I think he's going to be, I think he's going to develop. And I think if you develop him, you get yourself a CB1 through and through, Keith. So, yeah, Joey Porter Jr., JPJ, he's a dames dude. Stamp of approval. Okay, cool. Just wanted to make you stand on it, man. Wanted to make you stand on it. Coming up next, DP. We're going to go with one of the smaller guys, man. One of the smaller guys, but we have to talk about him. Um, and that's TCU's corner, Travis Hodges Thomason. DP, how do you feel about him? I like, I like THT. I really do. Is he a um, dude? Is he, is he a dude? Dave's dudes. Oh, man. He is not a Dame's dude, Keith. Uh, you know what I'm saying? I, I see some things with him that's that kind of just it's hard to coach out. He's really grabby at the top of routes, and you know, while he's a good athlete, he is going to be someone that's probably going to be regulated uh, to being a, a nickel only type of corner. Um, so, it's like for me, man, I just looking at him, I'm like, all right, like there's just some footwork issues that I didn't like what I saw on tape. I, I think I graded him like third round, if I remember correctly. So, nah, he's not a Dame's dude, Keith. All right, look, I, I understand it. I understand it, DP. But listen, man, this is one of my guys. You know, this is this is a this is a, a a Keats guy. You know what I'm saying? So I'm trying to see if he's a dames dude. See, you finally got eyes on him. See how you feel about him. Louisville corner, Keetrell mm. Clark. We never talked about him. DP, how do you feel about him? Oh, he's a dames dude. I love this kid, bro. Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? For, for a corner that's not 6'2". I, I, I recall watching the Boston College tape, and there's a rep where he runs the alley versus the run, and, and Boston College has a squatty running back, Pat Garwell, you know, really low center of gravity, and, and you know, Key Trail just filled the lane with no problem, got low, you know, rolled through the hips, kind of dumped him a little bit, and I saw that swag with him, but I, I love the footwork, man, the athleticism, the transitions, a uh, guy that can play press, can play zone. I, I was impressed with this young man. I really like him, Keith. He's a dames dude. Stamp on him. Okay, cool. Just making sure, DP. Making sure, baby, we on the same page. <laughs> I told you this is the hill that I've been on by myself. I was totally by myself. Nobody's at, talking about Louisville corner, Keytrail Clark. Man, mm-hmm. y'all, we're talking to y'all. Y'all go check him out, man, because this is a guy that may surprise some people if he goes early on in the draft, but extremely talented football player. You know, he's at Louisville and, you know, things like that, man. So yeah. he's flying under the radar right now. But, DP, man, I have another name for you, man. I want to get into Maryland cornerback Deontay Banks. Is he a dames dude or not? How you feel about him? Yeah, he's a dames dude, Keith. You know me. I'm a I'm a press man specialist. I love man-to-man coverage. I love to get up on the line of scrimmage and reroute and harass receivers, and he does that, Keith. Not only that, he battles the, he battles at the catch point, explosive. A young man knows that I can run with almost anyone, which we saw at the combine with his raw testing, Keith. So I think this is a pre a pure press man corner. 
You could drop him off into some cover three, cover four, where he's got the you know he's got the deep the deep routes or whatnot. But I think man to man, you just let him continue to develop his technique, his plan, and his footwork and everything else, Keith. And you got yourself a stud, Dame's stamp of approval. <laughs> I right, bet we're gonna keep this thing moving, man. We have another um undersized corner, right? That's rather polarizing. Everybody talks about in this draft. We're going with Utah cornerback Clark Phillips. DP is he a Dame's dude or not? I, I like Clark a lot. Uh, you know, Clark is there. He, he's a dames dude, Keith. I, I looked at him, and I saw a kid with ball skills, anticip- you know, instincts. He's got that grit it. to him. I, I don't want to cut you off, but listen, yeah. listen, listen. Clark Phillips is a dames dude, and Travis Hodges Thomason is not. We want to just make yes. sure that we, we have yeah. that. <laughs> this is true. I, at first, I thought you were discriminating against, you know, the, the, nah, the five, nah. nine, and other corners. Okay, but Short I, kings I, stick together. All right? Short yeah. kings stick together. I'm right there with them. Nah, nah. I, I like him. I feel like he's a little bit cleaner than THT. I think THT is still a good player. But, um, you know, with Clark, I, the ball skills, the ability to take, you know, to really take the ball away. Not only that, but also return the ball, you know, and, and get to the paint, get to the end zone, man. I, I just love what he, what he brings. I think... I think he could, I'm not saying live on the outside, but I think you could be a little bit more comfortable trying him outside, depending on the matchup, than I did, than I felt about THT. But I, I like both players, but he's definitely a Dames dude. Let me get that stamp. <laughs> All right, cool. We're going to finish this up, man. On the West Coast, man. On the West Coast. We're going with Stanford's cornerback, Caillou Blue mm-hmm. Kelly, man. A guy that we've been. Up and down on, right? And I want to know how you feel about him. We got to say, we got to put it on wax, put it on air, talk to our family, man. So how do you feel about Caillou Blue Kelly as far as being a Dames dude? Caillou Blue Kelly is not a Dames dude, Keith. I, I, I like him. I do. I was high on him coming out of the summer. But there is some rigidness in the hips, some transitional uh, and rotational, um, you know, issues there where he's like, man, Jake Bobo to me, and I told you, Jake Bobo from UCLA, looks like a tight end and there's times on take with Jake Bobo stacking him. And I'm, you know, I'm, I'm concerned about the long speed. I'm concerned about the transitions. Um, I think he, he may be better off in zone in my opinion, Keith. I saw him. He looked great at the senior, at the senior bowl, especially playing his own, being able to get to his landmarks, play match, you know, playing uh, matching patterns and being able to read and play the half man technique between like smash concept and stuff like that, where he's, you know, playing between the low and the high route. And, and you saw him, you know, take the ball away, but just the the rotational issues and rigidness, and yeah, those they, they give me some concern, Keith, against some of these two, the, all these twitchy receivers in the NFL, guys who specialize with footwork to work, you know, your base. I, I'm a little concerned, so he's not a Dames dude. All right, cool. Look, that wrap up our five, man. That wrap up the five Dames dudes. Like we said, we are what DP? I think. 11, 12 days out from the draft. We 10, right 10. There. 10. 10 days right there from the draft, man. It's right around the corner. So it's exciting to be able to go and go through this cornerback class. And we're going through this cornerback class the rest of this week because it's been a very polarizing cornerback class. And you know we have our stock up, stock down segments, DP. And there's a there's a cornerback that I watched over the weekend that we have to talk about, man. Somebody mm. we have to talk about that, you know, I may not be as high on. Oh, okay. Okay. Nice little teaser there. I like that, Keith. I like it. So guys, we, as always, man, we appreciate all the love and support. You know, we always tell you guys, thank y'all for making Lockdown NFL Draft your first listen every day for the everydayers. Like Keith just teased, you know, talking about some more corners tomorrow, someone he's not as high on. But listen, go subscribe or follow for free on YouTube or wherever you listen to podcasts to get the latest episode as soon as it's available. Thank you for making Lockdown NFL Draft your first listen today. And listen, for Twitter. 
You can find Keith at the Talent Code. Find me, Damian Parson, DP underscore NFL. Come and join the conversation again tomorrow on the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.